Hi, my name is Callie, and on this podcast, hindsight is everything. Our goal is to look back on seasons we've been through and help prepare those about to face the same things. There's something powerful in knowing you're not alone and knowing someone has gone before you. So I gather up some great people, I ask them all the questions I can think of, and then, hopefully, by the end, we're better than when we started. I'm so happy you're here. Welcome to No One Told Me. I wanted to bring back some regulars to talk about just everyday life for a minute. Not anyone that has it all figured out, but those of us who are still in the process of figuring it out. And I posed a question to each of you because you're in very different seasons of your life. Brooke, been married how many years? Coming up on 10 in May. Married 10 years. Three girls doing about a million things all at once. And all your kids are at different stages doing all the things. And we just had a conversation like yesterday about why are we so tired? We're just, we are so, we're so tired. We're so tired. I feel tired now, so I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what I'm going to (laughs) do. And what's feeling tired? She's in her 20s, been married two years. Almost two years this summer. And just uh, has a puppy biscuit, which is like, I think they're worse than a newborn. Well, because a newborn, you can put a diaper on. Well, and the thing is, newborns cannot run away from you and hide under the bed. Like, they just lay there. (laughs) That's true. But you also can't leave a newborn at home in a cage. I mean, you could. That's true. These are great points you're making. (laughs) He feels feels like a baby. That's not a pull quote. I don't know what. You you can only leave puppies at home in uh, cages, not a newborn. newborn. (laughs) You could. But you shouldn't. But you shouldn't. We're going to start with you, Wit, I think, just because chronological order is what I want to do. So in your 20s, in the life stage that you're at right now, what are some things that you have learned up to this point? Like two or three things that you're like, these are solid lessons that will stick with me. I think we've talked to a lot before, like when we've done marriage podcasts and things, but I've talked about that, like how everyone's advice is not an expectation. That's still been huge. Recently in this season... I've just been learning a lot about hard conversations. I get to work with college students during the week. And so I've learned this a lot from them too. People are terrified of hard conversations. If there's a hard conversation coming, they're out. If it's, hey, can we talk? And it's like, nope, nope, nope. I'm done. I will never see you again. You'll never see me again. Which is my personality to run away from that and be like, oh no, I'm, I've moved. I've just learned to lean into those. There's good that come out of hard conversations. And I think that if we just switch our mindset, this is really random too. This is like not... Random's good. No, but you got to think about because that was going to be my follow-up is... For someone who has trouble having the hard conversations, mm-hmm. which is you, you will openly say, I don't run toward these. Like, right. I don't like and them. And I don't. And, and I, I think it's just the mindset going into, whether it's at your job and you get the email of, hey, can you come to my office for five minutes tomorrow? Or if you're at home and you're married and your husband's like, hey, can we talk? And you're just coming up with all these possibilities. And I think <laughs> you just naturally, you want to retaliate and be on defense. But I think in any situation, wherever that is, if it's school, if it's you're an athlete on a team, leaning into the hard conversations and just being like, okay, this is not to hurt me. This is not bad. Just knowing that's a part of life. You're going to grow when you have hard conversations, no matter what the situation is. And so I've just been trying to lean into that more. I'm going to use this to be better and not just taking it personally, I think could help us too. How did you get used to having those conversations? Um, I think 
my job. So I mentioned before I work with college students and we have certain standards when you serve with us. And so I have to have those conversations sometimes. A lot of what we do is just holding people accountable. So I think just doing it more, honestly, probably the first hard conversation you ever have with your boss or your family, it's just going to be bad. Mm. <laughs> you know, like it's you're, not going to go well. You're going to try and like hey, keep can it together I speak with but- you for a minute. <laughs> No, thank you. I I have some uh, constructive criticism I'd like to share with you. But too, when you reach out via text, like if you can't do it in person and you're like, hey, can we touch base about Mm -hmm. something real quick or whatever? It's almost like especially, you know, probably our generation and below, you have an out because it's a text or an email. You can just not respond. Right. And then avoid that person at all costs, which makes it way more stressful to live your life that way. But also you almost see it as like, this is the easier way. Mm -hmm. Instead of having that conversation, this is easier of just acting like I don't exist and they don't exist. Yeah. And I think too, and I feel like the podcast has kind of gone this way recently too, talking about, about boundaries. If I had a conversation with you and I was like, hey, Callie, like, I don't like it when you say this. That's an example of a hard conversation. Our lives would just be better if we were just leaned into it and you were okay with it and I was okay with it. And then we're still going to be friends and on the other like, side of it. I'm glad you said that. I won't do that anymore. Yeah, but that's just not how we do no. stuff. You know, no. like that feels weird and but a very full house moment. Yeah. Like, there's so much relief after, mm-hmm. even if you're the recipient or the one who has to do it. I think I've learned that I always feel better after because either if I'm the recipient of it, I know where that person stands fully. I'm not guessing at it anymore. I'm not anxious over it anymore. I'm not wondering if I've done anything. I 100% know where they're at. Mm -hmm. And then also if I'm the one that has to do it, I feel the relief of I don't have to worry about it anymore because it's over. You know? Yeah. And I think too, it's not a question of, am I going to have to have hard conversations? It's going to happen. It's when, like at the very least in your job, you're probably not great at everything and that's good. Let's figure out what you need to get better at. And it's just hard to hear because we love ourselves and I don't know, we're prideful. But Mm, that's one thing I've been learning. What's number two? Number two also kind of ties into my personality. I think just since I'm 24, so high school was a semi long time ago. But I just look back on high school, college, adulthood, and I just didn't know. I now know what I believe and who I am and what I like even. And I think I just let People tell me what that was, which I think everyone goes through. You're going to look back after high school and be like, oh, yeah, now I know. But it was just like I played all these sports and I love sports, but now I'm just not a sports girl. But that's who I thought I was in high school. I love laughing and planting flowers. And <laughs> I really, I'm an old lady and I just love going on walks by myself. I think. Can you imagine if you had said that in high school? Mom, I don't, don't want to play basketball Mom, I anymore. I want to garden. I want to take your walks <laughs> by myself. Will that help me get into college? No. No, it's not. But I like it. I like. Yes. Yeah, so I think I've just been learning in whatever conversation it is, Just knowing like what I believe and how I feel and not trying to fluff up the conversation. I think just just leaning into who I am. And so that's been really great because no one is telling me that. And I think in college is when you kind of get to like explore what that looks like. And it's like, okay, I don't have to go to basketball practice every day. So what am I going to do with all my time? And you just find out who you are and what you prioritize. And that's just been really cool lately. And I think a piece of it too is as you get older, and I'm just now slowly learning this, but... Who I am it means I'm not that person, and that's okay. Like, mm-hmm. right? It's I don't. Okay. I don't do that as good as she does, or I don't talk as well as he does, or I don't. People don't do this for me like they do for them, and that's okay. Brooke, I think, has always been good about this is who I am, and forget you all. Like, Uh-oh. that's something I told you. I yeah. think a couple of weeks ago that I wish I had more of that. I don't care that you do this, well, and I don't. Well, mm-hmm. I do care about certain things, but. 
there's this really weird bubble that wells up in me if there's some righteous anger or if I feel vindicated, like if I feel like something truly needs to be righted or said, I will not not say it. That gets me in trouble a lot, but I, I can go to bed at night and feel okay with mm-hmm. it. And to me, that's my that's my truth, right? Um, hopefully that's founded in God's truth when I speak that way or feel that way. I, I Sometimes we associate ourselves as truth tellers. I'm doing quotation marks here because truth tellers can also be, you're just a butthole. Mm-hmm. And it's a fine you, line. You just say what you want to say. Right. And you're like, well, I'm telling well, I'm the, the truth. truth teller. Well, yep. and, and it's veiling that in love and doing it in the right way. So I'm that's something I'm having to evolve into is like, yeah, you can be a truth teller, but you have to go about it the right way. You're still an adult and you're still a representation mm. of Jesus and to your girls and to your husband. Do you find yourself in those moments where you're struggling to settle into who you are? I think a lot of people can relate to that sentiment mm. of, I feel less than. Like I say this about social media all the time. I hate it because for me personally, when I get off of it, I either feel less than or I feel full of judgment of where other people are at. I very rarely get positive mm-hmm. feelings from social media. Yeah. And that's a mindset shift for me because everyone doesn't feel that. But those are when I find myself slipping into not settling into who I am and who God created me to be. When do you all find yourselves slipping into that and how do you shift out? I think for me, it's whenever I see people's giftings or if somebody is just living in the middle of their gifting and they are just so good at something and it's not something I'm good at, I'm like, oh, dang, I need to be good at that. And then I have that thought in my head and then I'm like, wait, I'm not good at that. I was not gifted with that for a purpose, you know, and there's going to be certain things that you have to do as a mom or you have to do at your full-time job that you're not going to be good at, but you have to do anyways. But I think in those moments when I just start comparing myself to people and I'm like, oh, I need to be better at that or I need to say that. So they think this and it's like, no, that's not who I am. We heard recently our pastor say, if you spend time trying to be gifted at other people's gifts, you're going to water down your greatest gift. Mm -hmm. You know, if you try to be good at everything, I think is what he said. If you try to be good at everything, you're going to water down your greatest gifts, which is so true. So I think for me, it's just comparing. When I start comparing myself to people, I just get out of my own head and start trying to manipulate Mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. Well, I think every person on here that's listening that happens to be a mom realizes that I think this season is stronger for comparison than it is in college, in body image or giftedness or careers. I think motherhood is basically just a bunch of guilt that you feel all the time about all kinds of things because you're responsible for the development of this little child or children. And I think motherhood is more susceptible to comparison in the social media world than any other time. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, that's an opinion. I'll say this. I feel so much guilt when I'm not at home Mm -hmm. or with my kids or with somebody else. But when I'm at home, I feel so much guilt if I'm not running my household, which also is not time with my kids. Mm -hmm. But if I'm spending time with my kids, I feel so much guilt that I'm not doing the other two. So it's it's this really, really weird cycle. And I believe firmly that there is no such thing as balance. Like you just got to say, God, I'm going to give it my best. I'm going to try to do kind of all those things Mm -hmm. to the best of my ability, but also my priority. Yeah, Yeah. my, my priority is my family mm-hmm. and my obviously my faith and my family, but I'm still going to try my best to do these other things well. And that's hard because I, I would rather just spend the day and go, I am not going to do anything but play with my kids today. It's going to be great. And somebody's going to come clean my house and I don't need to contribute to anything else. But you can't. That's not life or vice versa. So I think when we get on social media as moms and we see that mom that goes to the museum and makes homemade crafts 
That's controlling screen time really well. That's Yeah. Part of me is like, crap. It's not that I'm not a good enough mom. It's like my kids aren't getting the best of me. Mm-hmm. And you want that for your mm-hmm. kids, obviously. You have no stronger desire than to raise these well-rounded human beings and healthy and all these things. And so I think Satan loves social media. He loves our desire to perfect our lives on social media, not maybe in real life, but on social media, because we love that image that we're doing it right. If that means getting rid of your social media accounts, we should do that. We should Mm -hmm. willingly do that because it will steal your joy. It will ruin your marriage. And I think that (laughs) if we're going to go real biblical here, if, if your eye is causing you to sin, like if you have lust issues, you should gouge your eye out. Or if your hand is causing you to steal Mm -hmm you should cut your hand off. That's the biblical term. Mm-hmm. We just need to be we poking each other our... in the eye and getting our knives out. But, like that, out. but we really should experience, um, maybe even try time without social media. Take it off of your phone. Maybe give yourself an hour on the weekend to look at social media and that's it. But like you we know, should limit ourselves to what's causing us detriment. I know we were just joking around about poking your eye out or getting your machete out, which I mean, both are viable <laughs> options. True. But it's biblical. I was listening to something this <laughs> morning and it was saying, when I read scripture, I look at it as what can I practically do that will have this spiritual impact? What can I do in my life now to do what the Bible is talking about so that it will impact me in my spiritual life. And so even with that, I mean, it says gouge your eye out in scripture, but if that looks like deleting an app, that in and of itself is your next step. Or if that looks like finding someone to hold you accountable, that is your next step. But I think it's, we stop ourselves at the guilt and not at the next step to how do we lay this down? Mm -hmm. How do we move out of the guilt? Instead, we just sit in it because we think, and we know it's going to come no matter what. So we're just going to sit in it and feel bad because that's just life right now. But there's always... But we don't have to. That's exactly. The, that's the best part is we... I, there are times where I literally just don't even use social media. I think even my presence now is non-existent. I might post a photo here and then. Someone sent her... Can I just tell you all? <laughs> someone sent Brooke a, a DM and she didn't even know what they were. Like, what are you... Where do you I've find officially that? Hit, I'm serious. <laughs> I've officially hit... I'm 33-year-old, everyone. I've officially hit the point in life where I reject progressing in things that I don't feel matter. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like social media to me is okay, but it's not something I want to pursue all the time. Uh, I'm that old fart that's going to be like, what is that? Their Instagram <laughs> or you going to tweet? You going to tweet her? What are you, you doing? Know? I'm going to you know, twerk. <laughs> so what it is. is that what is it? <laughs> is that how you do it? You are twerking on your phone. <laughs> but I literally, I, I'm like, what is good and wholesome and fulfilling and life-giving mm-hmm. to me? I'm going to go after that. This stuff to me, it's just not as important. And I'm just learning that. I feel like it's the wisdom that you get as you grow. And I'm still young. I know I've got so much to learn. And I'm very immature as well. I embrace that. <laughs> no. But like, it's not stuff that's important to yeah. me. So I, I don't was, pursue it. That's um, great. There was one Friday afternoon, and I don't know if you all have enjoyed the um, Kelly Clarkson show yet. I watched a video of her singing a song, and then her husband came out, the piece by piece. Do you know that song? It was no. so sad. Everyone cried. She opens, and I love it. The, someone from the audience who's going to be in the audience that day gets to pick a song, and she opens with that song. <gasps> That's fun. Every, so it's like her own little thing, That's and fun. I love it. I like her. Um, anyway. I was, it was, you know, like when you turn, the TV's just on in the background and you're like doing stuff around the house or whatever, Mm -hmm. but it's just on. And so I look up and Lauren Graham, who was on Gilmore Girls, is the guest on Kelly Clarkson that day. And I love Lauren. I love Gilmore Girls. It was one of my 
favorite shows. Mm-hmm. I owned all the box sets of it. Ryan, when we were dating, we would watch it Aww, almost tender. every night. We would watch Gilmore Girls. And for a long time, that's what he would get me for every holiday. Now he doesn't know what to give me. He gets me a mixer and I send it back. I'm sorry. Sorry, oh, Ryan. Okay. Um, you got a lot of money back for that mixer, though. Those you better believe I did. Didn't need that bad boy sitting on my counter taking up space. I have a perfectly good arm to do that. That's true. Um, anyways, so Lauren Graham's on it and they're talking about social media. And Kelly was like, why aren't you on it? She has no accounts at all. She was like, you know, there was one time where I was looking something up about a fellow cast member on something. And she said, I was looking up one thing. And I went into this dark hole. She said, I looked up 45 minutes later and I was on like a topic like 10 times removed from what I started with. And she said it was in that moment that I knew for me, I don't need social media because Mm -hmm. it's just one dark rabbit trail hole that I'm going down every time I open up. And I'm not kidding. It is so true. It is. If I watch a show, Love is Blind, for example... Everybody was talking about it. I was like, I'm going to see what this is about. I went about looking up every single one of those people on that show <laughs> and figuring did. out what their lives were about. And they all cray-cray. Yeah, they're all crazy. And I'm like, literally didn't go to bed till like midnight one night because I'm just looking through their lives for no, what did that it's do for me? It's a little fun though. It's a little, it's fun, a little fun. But also how did it benefit me? <laughs> it is me such a waste of time. <laughs> but I think it's, you know, even what Brooke, I think that was the perfect statement when you said I'm at the age where if... I'm not going to give my time to things that I yeah. feel like don't matter. If it's and not significant. To me, this is social super media. Wise, I just, you know, I think I think I think right there. Let's pack it up, everybody. Just, what is important is canning your own chicken broth, apparently. That's true. Weirdo. And canning your own You know, when beans. the coronavirus comes, Can I tell I'm going to have chicken root, That is why <laughs> she's doing it. I'm going to tell you, everyone right now, the only reason that brick pancreas <laughs> is canning chicken broth. bathe in this chicken broth to get rid of the coronavirus. It's because she's convinced that it's all there's going to be to eat when we get hit. I'm ready. I know where to go. I got my Amazon stuff. She's, she's, she's a doomsday prepper. She she I has a tunnel wait. under her house. I'm ready. That, that leads wait. to a shelter, a bunker. Has I'm ready. Filters. Let's do it. Let's do a podcast from the bunker. <laughs> podcast in the bunker. That was your one piece of wisdom. What else have you learned? Um, I know we're only like two to three years into our thirties. Yeah, but it feels like such a different season. It does, and I think every season is super insightful. But you don't understand how what you've learned until you're out of it. Right? Like, and it's really hard to absorb mm-hmm. it, especially when you're. For me, Whitney, you're much more mature than I was in my 20s. I did so much stupid. I laugh at I all lived, your jokes, though. So, I, what does that you. mean? I look back at my 20s and think, okay, number one, thank you, God, for your protection mm-hmm. and lessons learned. In your 20s, you think that you'll be much more of an adult in your 30s and that life looks more put together. Mm-hmm. In my 30s, I feel like I'm still very much a child and I keep questioning, am I really an adult? Is it? Am I doing, am, am I doing right? adult things? I mean, I have life insurance. Mm-hmm. That's an adult thing, yeah. right? I have children. I do taxes. I do taxes. I like, don't even do taxes. My I don't. Doesn't I do that. Them, life just looks different, them. and that's cool. Don't come after me, IRS. <laughs> we I'm do sorry, your taxes. taxes. You have to April fifteenth. Okay. <laughs> I just feel like life looks so much more different than you picture, and I for all of us, we should be better off financially, or we should be in a house that we own if you rent, or you know whatever. And it's okay to be like, life is not what I predicted and it's still really awesome and it's going to look great no matter, you know, our state of being now. Like, it's just kind of embracing the moment that you're in. And you're right. We always think that the next season is going to be somehow not always better, but just way different Different. than it is. Like you said, when I was in my 20s, I thought by 30s. I'm established. I know who I am. I'm like, you know, like we are you got just your crap together. We got, we got everything together. Like we when, know what we're um, doing. Michael Scott says he was like in my 
30s, I thought I was going to be a millionaire. And then in my 40s, I had less money than I had in my 30s. <laughs> but that's, it's never what you imagine yeah. it to be. And I'm not saying don't dream and imagine, but I am saying you're not missing the mark if it's not exactly. what you thought it was going to be. Well, And yeah, on that topic, if I can just elaborate a little bit, if you're a mom and you're listening, you will laugh at me and with me when I say parenting isn't what you thought. I, I mean, oh, I'm a very disciplined me. person. I grew up disciplined with disciplined parents. I've been an athlete, so you learn those disciplines. I'm physically active now. So I just imagined how disciplined my kids were going to be because I made them. Right, because right? of how you Because are. they would do their chores, mandated chores. They were going to help. They better never disrespect anybody. And you learn that as hard as you try to implement, implement those things, these are little beings with their own they free will. Own, right. And sometimes we fight those fights and sometimes we let things go and it just is not what you think, no matter Ever. how hard you try. Ever. I remember my mom saying to me before I had kids, she said, I said, well, I'll do this and this. And she said, kids will make you a liar. They do. Like, they will Ooh, make you a liar. I, Carol, I mean, it's not without effort. Word. I, I try very hard. But, but you know, kids I, can my still be level buttholes. of trying is slowly depleting, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> like the harder you it gets. You want Oreos at 6 a.m.? Yeah, sure. That's what the level of bribery that I am succumbing to at this point just to get things done. Like I just, Ryan and I were talking the other day and I asked Henley to do something and she went and did it and I said, all right, one, two. And I started counting. And I, I kid you not, I probably counted two to 30. <laughs> I think I got all the way to 30 and it's still like, Ryan was like, I need you to react <laughs> two and three fourths. Ryan, Ryan looked at me. He was like, why don't you get up and do something? I was like, I am ti- I'm tired. I don't want to. My legs don't Let work. me count, Ryan. I'll stop at a hundred. This is effective. She can feel the tension <laughs> rising right now. But That's it's so true. Funny. Parenting, it just, you know, in the stages that you're at, like in the newborn stage, you're like, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. And then they start getting their own voice and then you're trying to like potty train them and teach them to eat and you're like this is the hardest thing I've ever done and then they get their own opinions and you're trying to like discipline them and it's the hardest thing you've ever done every stage is the hardest stage it just feels that way and that that, that feels very discouraging but it's almost encouraging it's to different. know every other parent feels that way our parents felt that every way other our friends feel that way yeah. feels that absolutely and that's that's the biggest encouragement in all of it but let's let's shift into our listener questions. Ooh, 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 I know. Hey. Are you? We had some really good ones. I I'm honestly excited. was like, I wonder if anyone has any. But you know, they did. So, first question for Brooke: most unexpected challenge of your thirties so far? Ooh. ooh, trying to do it all. I don't want to be somebody who does anything halfway. So, if I'm going to eat, I'm going to try to eat well. If I'm going to work out, I'm going to try to eat a workout well. And then parent, try to eat while I'm working out. If I want to work out, I'm going to eat. If I'm trying to sleep, I'm going to eat cream while I'm working out. And it offsets. Um, I think figuring out how to do things that I love and prioritize that. And I don't know, making time for things that matter and trying to set boundaries when things don't matter so much. Callie's trying to speak truth into me. She asked me about this weekend and I automatically got really heavy hearted because I was like, gosh, you know, Saturday's technically my Sabbath. That's my day of rest to do what I want. And we've got uh, three birthday parties, a baby shower and two basketball games. And then somebody's coming in town and wanted to meet up. And I was just like, in my head, I'm like, okay, if I do this and we can get them here and we drive separate, I'll take her mm-hmm. here. And I started, Callie goes, you know, you can say no. You don't have to go do all these things. I'm like, ah, you, uh, yeah. There's a but choice I, in it. There's a you're choice. Right. You're right. And it's prioritizing, like, I'll be off all next week. I'll be real salty towards my family when I don't get rest or don't have my tank refilled. And by choosing to do those things, 
I'm choosing to be salty to my mm-hmm. parent, my family next week. And that's the truth. Mm-hmm. So it is a fine balance of being like, okay, we're going to make one of those birthday parties and we'll go to those basketball games together and we'll tell those people we'll meet them. Right. And it's yeah. fine. And you, town. I think on this side of it, we think, okay, we're going to say no. And then they're going to be like, oh, there they go again. They're being, fl-. and it's like, you tell people no, and they've got so many other people that are responding to them. They don't even think twice about yeah. it. You know, we don't want to say no because we're like, and then this is going to happen. And they're going to think this. I have a choice to believe that that's not what they're going to think. Well, I'm just then, trying to be like full disclosure. Listen, I would love to come to your birthday party, but we've got three others that day. Right. I just don't know how we're going to make it happen. We would love to make it up to you another time. I'll drop by a gift. That's that's my answer. That's like, great. I've just got to be open and yeah. honest with you, but we can't do it. We're going to be so wise when we get older. Yeah, like, just think when think we're 60s. 60s. Think when we get there. People Listen, are going to come to us for advice. We're going to sit, we're gonna sit under an old tree. In It'll a be chair. In the bunker. With a in fa- bunker. We'll be down in the bunker. We'll be creating You'll a whole be living new... on purely Brooks chicken broth and beans. <laughs> We've been sipping that for 30 years. <laughs> you both weigh like like 80 pounds. <laughs> we look great. We, yeah, do. The, we, we no do. sun damage because yeah, we haven't left Shoot. the bunker. Well, and one question too for you, Brooke, was um, what is your goal eating wise on an average day? Oh, I, I think go through seasons. The, I know, and I think we all do. But when you are at your peak performance, when you feel like you uh, you're doing it well, when uh, you have a little ab that's coming through, yes, when you've got just rare. the one poking its way through, <laughs> that's when I've got a right trip I'm getting summer. ready for. Um, okay, first of all, full disclosure: I am a carb fanatic. I love carbs. Ask anybody that goes to lunch with us. Like if we're hitting a buffet, pizza in buffet, I'm gonna kill it. I'm gonna go get burgers and fries if we go out to lunch. Like that's mm. my love language. I love life. bad food. Mm-hmm. Sweet um, when fries. I am locking it in disciplinary wise, I am having eggs, maybe some oatmeal, some berries in the morning. Lock a lot of calories, as you should as well. Uh, for lunch, you know, just prioritize your protein. Have a little carb. Have something a little sweet. If you want some berries, have some oh, that's yogurt. You said that's sweet. the kind of dessert well, I like. Give me, give me a strawberry. I a chocolate bar. I what about, like, there's some good stuff out there. that it, It's there not going to offset your whole day. Yeah. I like popcorn a lot, too. Nutella is so yummy. It's I really bad Nutella. for you, though. You know what? Oh, it. it is so, so bad for you. So I was going to let her live in that for a minute. But, but no, no, a me. tablespoon of Nutella is only 100 calories. Did you see the sugar content? But it's a tablespoon. Think about what you could spend that 100 calories on. I know, but I do a rice cake, a tablespoon of Nutella, and then blueberries on top. That is good stuff. Or Ooh, bananas. I, I can't do chocolate that is good my blueberries. Callie either. doesn't like chocolate, so we cannot this trust her. stupid. That's true. <laughs> Lean meat. Roasted veggies. Here's a great tip. You find a really great protein powder that you like. I like this one that kind of tastes like cake mix. It's a vanilla one. Pop your popcorn, air pop, or like on a stovetop, and I use coconut oil to pop it, and then I sprinkle my... Uh, protein powder on top of it and it's salty sweet popcorn it's amazing I can get on board with that it's amazing but the problem is everything it feels like when you go to eat healthy it takes so much prep and so much more work to get it which is why I'll just dump a salad in a bowl Mm -hmm. because I don't have to prepare anything for that I can just put some dressing on it and move on with my life I don't have by the time I get right now my family and this is again a parenting flaw Everyone's eating something different at night, every night. What Ryan wants to eat is not what the kids want to eat. And what each kid wants to eat is different than what the other kid wants to eat. And then by the time I get to what I want to eat, I don't even care what I eat. You're I'm just like, like give me some yeah. pickles and yes, I'll sit like, down. I don't care yeah. what it is. It's just a terrible balance to try to strike. And I don't do it well. I think our goal collectively, and it's not always realistic, maybe one or two nights a week, is we all sit down at the table and eat the same meal. And y'all are going to eat it or you're going to be hungry. Gosh. Sometimes I lock it down. crying. I'm counting to 30 again. You and it's just, just, just spank one. <laughs> just spank them. Spank Ryan. And they're just there. I eat. Spank. <laughs> She's still counting, everybody. Two and a half. The next they're morning. All, they're all just like on their iPads. Like not even Callie's. Three. 
Brian's no just looking cares. at me, eating his waffle fries, feeling good. Okay, eye wrinkles. How are we addressing our eye wrinkles? You need to spend the money on a good cream. I need Guys. someone to take me. Rachel, yes. who was on the podcast that talked about skincare, I literally DM'd her and said, I just want you to take me shopping. Yes. I do nothing. That's Start not true. I, your I wash my face. That's all I in do. In your mid twenties. Yes. Started. I wish I'd have known that. Started. Somebody take me. When can we go? Twenty five. Let's go this weekend. Brooke doesn't have anything going on, so <laughs> nothing. We'll just. I got all kinds of time. <laughs> I need. But to truly, do that. you have I, to I like. Oh my gosh! My start in your twenties. Do it preventatively because then We're it's going to help you out. Do you, you wear sunscreen like, every day? I wear, no, not every day. What do you every mean? Day. I do now. What do you my mean? I started in college. My moisturizer has sunscreen in it, and I only pick moisturizers with sunscreen in them. No. If I'm at the beach, I'll wear sunscreen. That's better. Hello, I wear sunscreen. sunscreen. I wear sunscreen 14 you. out of the 365 days a year. Is that, <laughs> does that work? No. I, I literally will not get a sunscreen or a moisturizer. Okay, well, when we primer. go to buy these products, we will get one with sunscreen now. yes and, and, I, and good like, eye cream i'm doing the retinol i'm doing everything you name All it i things. probably have it in my bathroom right now same it's so expensive it went it from is. taking three minutes brushing my teeth to go to bed oh my gosh about five it takes years me ago. about 45 minutes i now have a whole thing <laughs> oh, set out I and i have it. to prepare myself mentally to get up from the I couch I and go brush my teeth brush my it. braces wash my face exfoliate <laughs> tone <laughs> The the reverse regiment where it takes off all my damaged skin then i have to moisturize i do the ball my eyes then i've got I know what I use my face can't use on my, my, my eyes. It'll cause oh damage. And if you use something else and have to moisturize the whole it's thing, <laughs> you need a double cleanse. I mean, it is. Oh my it's gosh. An, it's involved. It's a lot. Also, I'm, listen, I'm, on, I'm about to get in the Botox boat. Um, Sign me the heck up. Know, a Botox party. I have heard that for people that struggle with migraines, yeah. that if you That's start it. doing Botox. I have terrible migraines. And, and my head is hurting. Your insurance will write it off then. <laughs> and I need Botox. I need it. Um, speaking of workouts, which was like 20 minutes ago that we talked about them, but speaking of them, best workout leggings. Ooh, Lululemon's Align <sighs> leggings. I can't answer any of these length. questions. I, what you said, Lululemon. Uh, Old, Navy, Old Navy has leggings. seven, eight Let me link tell you leggings this. that are good. Old Navy's leggings. My I have says a pair the same of Lululemon ones. I do, and I they're don't. great. I would though. Uh, they were a gift to me because if I probably could go in there buy a sock. Um, was <laughs> all I would be able to afford. Yep. But Old Navy's are better. I like them <gasps> Ooh, better. That's and good. I will stand you by. Brooke does not. I love so, my to each Old their Navy. own. But I also hear that Aries leggings are incredible. I'm not branching from what I know. I love Aerie. Because Aerie's actual clothes right. are great. About leggings, yes, I am. You know why? Because that's what's on my body 95% of my life. Old Navy has great... Make sure they're compression, though. I yes. love... You got to tuck up the belly. Yes. You got to tuck everything in when you're out there running around. You don't, you know you don't what need I'm saying? Around, like, you know what I mean? Pay me down leggings are also the way to go. Okay, this is a going. great question. This is a great question. How do you love people where they're at? Oh, my gosh. That's a great question I for you, another Whitney. leggings question. I, know. <laughs> I love this question because I think you learn how to do it as you get older. That's why I think it's very fitting. Oh, it's so hard. And I'm really still learning it. I think I think back to high school and it was, I would just get nervous. I remember like your parents were like, don't hang out with the bad kids. Don't hang out with the bad kids. And now I'm like, wait, like. I am a bad kid. <laughs> no, we're called to hang out with the bad yeah. kids. So growing up, I was not good at it because I was like, oh my gosh, I heard what she was doing this weekend. So I can't, I can say hi to her and that's it. But I think now it's just having a relationship with people, you know what I mean? Yeah. And just letting them know that you care and that you're there. And then 
letting them come to you with stuff, not having them feel like you think they're a project. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that's so hard. I'm a fixer. I'm 1000%. Yeah. If someone comes to me and they are heavy hearted or have something going on, I'm like, oh, well, try this. Have you tried this? Did you try mm-hmm. this? And I've had to learn with time that there are some problems I cannot fix. And when I and they layer it, and they don't want me to. And mm-hmm. if when I layer it with all these suggestions of things to do, they want to talk to me about it less because they know that almost everything, nine times out of 10, if someone is so broken that they are just spewing it out to you, chances are good they've tried a lot of things to fix it. And I'm lear- I'm in a season of learning this right now with some of the people that I love the most is how to love my people who follow Jesus when their life is not going the way that they wanted it to or thought it would go. I've had to learn how to love them where they're at without letting them lean into shame or guilt or regret because mm-hmm. I don't have to tell them what the Bible says because a lot of times they already know it. Right. And I don't have to tell them you should be doing Now, I can do the accountability part when I'm invited to do it. There are some situations are different where you do have to step in and intervene with friends who are making terrible decisions, but they know Jesus. Like that, I know that. But separately, people who are pursuing God's will, people who are planted firmly and trying to know Jesus better and grow in their relationship, doesn't mean their lives are going to go exactly the way they planned it to go. None of it doesn't mean that for any of us. And I've learned to be present in the lives of my people who um, are broken over and grieving over the life that they didn't they don't have anymore Mm -hmm. and sitting with them in that and not pushing them through it. And I'm learning a lot from them. They are teaching me how to do that. Right. And they're not asking for you to put them on your back and carry them through it. They just want you to be beside them. That's just doing stuff with them, hanging out with them. You don't have to pull them through it. They're not asking Mm -hmm. for that. Um, What does she do to unwind? I don't know who this was for. It just said, what does she do to unwind? What's your happy place? What do you do to kind of like Gosh, decompress? when those kids go to bed. Gosh. The, nap Let's time and bedtime are my glory land. What like, do y'all do? <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I I struggle with this because that's my when my husband's home and I want to spend time with him, but I'm also equally torn because I want alone time. Mm-hmm. And if that means <laughs> my favorite pastime is getting on Zillow and looking at houses <laughs> for just sale for or land. Yeah. I don't know why. Or trips. I just, I don't even need to be buying anything. I just want to be looking. Mm. It's a dead, dumb brain free time. And I love it. That's what I, I like do getting lost in like a fiction world of some sort. Mm-hmm. So whether it's Ooh, a show or a book, mm. I just like having a little bit of time to get lost in a different world and then come back. Not that I love my world, mm-hmm. but, but there's just, a little bit of a release and living in another world yep. for a little bit. And yeah, I love, back. I love fiction. I, I don't know. That's a good question. I love anything that's alone, which I also love my husband a lot. I, oh, I love traveling with my husband. That is my favorite yes, thing on the I planet. Just the two of us. It's just so stinking fun. Those have been our best trips. That's a great one. I feel like I've gotten to the point where I love taking trips. I mean, like, it's so fun. It's so fun. It's going to sound like I I don't even like childcare and I hate unpacking when we get home. But I love, I love trips. Mm -hmm. I love new experiences like that. I do too. Like new restaurants, everything. Mm -hmm. But if I'm alone, I want to take a walk or go to the bookstore or get a massage Mm. or plant a flower. That's nice. Would it so warm? Be my I, this year? Yes. Yeah. I just for planted four new roots and I'm so excited. I want you to come I this just, week. When it gets warm, there's nothing better than sitting outside in a chair in the sun. Oh, it's so great. Just sitting there. It's like so great. And I feel like it's, it's just been gross. Not if you have your moisturizer sunscreen on. That's true. Um, if It's just been so gross this year too. So I'm just so ready for summer. Mm-hmm. I'm so ready for it. Bert, tell us what it's like to have a twin. That was one of the questions. <gasps> Ooh, I don't nice. know what's it like to not have a twin. Answer me that. It's all I know. It's people. lonely. I don't know. Listen, we shared everything. We shared a car. I can barely. I can really vividly remember fist fighting while um, in the car driving down the highway, <laughs> and my leg was up kicking her 
while I was driving. (laughs) Also, I feel like maybe that's why I don't have a lot of confidence issues because I always had my sister to walk through life with. Like I always had a friend Mm -hmm. and a confidant that wasn't going anywhere. Who looked just like you, so you didn't really compare. And if I got in trouble, I was like, like, do I look good today? Let me just look at her. Yep, I look great. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, look great. Let's go. Look good. I don't know. I just... It's pretty great. You have a friend. And now we are even so much closer now as adults because we don't live yeah. together or around each other so that when we see each other, it's like, ah, we're back. Did y'all ever dress the same in high school? Yes. We dated some guy friends and went on a date and switched shirts in the bathroom and came out and played the whole date as each other. So let's see what happens. <laughs> um, this was a great question too. How do you juggle everything but still fill up? How do you keep your life going the way it's supposed to go, but you still take a minute? have to have a Sabbath. That's what I was going to say. That's good. That I've learned to protect like, that. That is just Gosh, what like I still grounds. suck at protecting. Well, I want it. And I, I want it. I, I want to protect it. Life sometimes has different ideas, like basketball tournaments all over the weekends where you're moving around all over the town to try to get your kids different places. And I'm salty about it because that's my day. But when I have a Sabbath and I can do what I want, whether that's getting caught up on something I enjoy or... Mm-hmm get ahead for the week if i don't get that i suffer mm-hmm. but sabbaths are so important it's just so it's so great to look forward to also because i don't my sabbath is friday and if i have stuff going on on friday my whole week is thrown off because mm-hmm. that's just what i look forward to mm-hmm. it's like we have nothing happening today oh, oh it's so that's well, the opposite. things like like Tim said before things that fill you up yes i try to shove everything in on friday all the cleaning every bit of laundry, every bit of have to, grocery store, mm-hmm. every bit of it. So that Saturday, I can literally wake up and be like, I don't, I can do it. We can do whatever what we, we want. Do? I don't have the pressure yep. to feel like I need to get anything done right now. I love it. Is there anything you wish you spent less time doing? Cleaning or prioritizing that. Mm. It takes all my time because I like a clean house. Because your house is always freaking spotless. I don't know. <laughs> but I love it. I know. I don't think so. I could get up earlier. I I feel like every you morning. You meet me at the gym. <sighs> Callie gets to the gym at like 5 a.m. I can't do that. You can yeah. do it. I can't. I believe. We're proud oh, it's so horrible. I've done it a few times. You have. And I feel great the rest of the day. But I think I, like every night I'm like, okay, I'm getting up early. Like this morning I was going to get up and walk my dog because it was pretty today. And then it just didn't happen. I could sleep less. Poor Biscuit. Oh, he's just the best. <laughs> Listen, I want to do a podcast on Biscuit. Just Biscuit. Yeah. That was one of the questions he's was. So um, yeah, ask me. What do you want to know? How has Biscuit changed your life? Oh my gosh. What a loaded question. You know, I'm about to actually say serious things and y'all are going to laugh. It has literally taught me, there are things that I now know that how I'm going to be as a parent. Like, I believe it. Yep. Because You it's can't like, cage your newborn. You've learned that. The first time we took him to the dog park, he was so antisocial. And I was like, Biscuit, pl- go play with the other kids. I'm not going to sit you here know how I and feel. hold your hand. I'm literally like, if you don't you, go over there. When we were at, kid you not, hi. at Disney World, we were at Chef Mickey and all the characters are coming to visit at each table, right? And the kids are like, they just were tired of it. I, which just leave it to my kids to be tired of meeting the characters they mm-hmm. love. And I literally bent down and whispered in both their ears. I said, if you do not get up and give Mickey a hug, you're not getting dessert. Like, <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'm literally am shoving them towards Mickey. Go over there if you want the cake. Oh, it's so special. I love it. But I don't know. It's just like certain things I'm like, oh, I'm, this is a dog and I'm caring a lot. So what am I going to do when I'm an actual parent? But Biscuit is amazing. He is such a snuggler. He's a cuddler. He's a lover. He's a fighter. (laughs) What can I say? He's everything I wanted him to be. What can I say? He's the best. I love him. Okay. How have your values and priorities shifted from 20s to 30s? Oh, everything. Literally everything. I can't answer that. 
You know who you are. Yeah. So you it's move what you said. things yeah. that I don't, know. I, I don't have you a list. prioritize and things that are important. You in get life. a bigger grip on who you are yeah. in your mid to late 20s. And then 30s, you actually get to step into it. In the last three years is the only time in my life I've known who I am. I think, you know, there Ooh, was a podcast good. back in August, I think, with Heather Zimbel. And she said, you spend your 20s figuring out who God created you to be. You spend most it. of your 20s just figuring out, you know, what you're good at, what you mm-hmm. like to do, what you enjoy doing. And then in your 30s, you start walking toward doing it because you know who you are. And then in your 30s, you're stepping toward actually doing it. you surround yourself with the people that support mm-hmm. you in that mm-hmm. because... You become neighbors with them. Last question. What did a season of patience look like in your life? There was a season that I walked through. Rick, how long do you think it was? A year? I mean, where I just felt unsure, unsure, impatient, all of those things. I remember laying in the middle of my living room floor one day. I, it was like my lunch. I was supposed to go get lunch with somebody. And I was like, you know what? I just can't today. And I laid in the middle of my living room floor. There was just worship music on in the background. And I just sat there in it. And there was um, Will Reagan. He is a singer, songwriter, worship leader, whatever. He has a song called Not in a Hurry. And it was the song for that season of my life where... I was learning, one of the lyrics is, I'm learning to hear your voice. I'm learning what it sounds like. And I look back on that season now, and I dove so deep into Scripture that God was still meeting me every single day right where I was. He wasn't telling me what I wanted Him to tell me. He was not giving me the answers that I wanted, but He was still showing up when I was showing up. And it was a season where I learned to understand His character, when I learned to understand the overarching what He wanted for me. But all I wanted was, tell me now what my next step is. Mm -hmm. And He wasn't giving it to me. But I think those lyrics, that whole song is perfect for that season of life for me because I was learning to listen. And I was learning that um, He was giving me His eyes. He was teaching me what His voice sounded like. He was teaching me all of that in that season. And I don't think if I hadn't walked through it, I would even know how to dive into Scripture like that. Yeah, that question wasn't for me. But that was, good. Anyways, uh, that was okay. a great answer. I was going to let it ring out. <laughs> just ditto. All right. So I think for me, a season that I walked through, I just did not know what I wanted to do. When I was in college, my major was audiology and speech pathology, which is not what I do now. I'm in full-time ministry. But I think I was just so confused and I was in such a hurry, which is what you just said, to figure out what I was supposed to do with my life, which like is what college is for because you're majoring in something. But I think from my sophomore year until my senior year was just, I wrestled with what I was supposed to do. Am I supposed to go to grad school for this career I'm thinking about? Or do I need to go into full-time ministry? Do I need to go to seminary? I had no clue what that looked like. And it really wasn't until I was offered a full-time job and said yes, that there was peace. We just talked about this yesterday in our office on our team. Until God fully opened that door, I didn't know. And I think that's okay. It's a horrible season to be in because you're just wrestling like, what am I supposed to do? But I think... um, I don't know. He speaks through opportunities that Mm -hmm. he gives you. And he taught me so much in that time. And it was just like, I got to the point, probably senior year of college. And I was just like, I don't, I can't even think about this anymore. It was just, it was a stressful few. I mean, it was fun. I loved college, but it was just mentally and emotionally. I was always thinking when I went into class that day, I was like, I don't care about this or do I? How is this shaping my future right now? I know it was a lot, but I think he just taught me a lot in that he's, he's going to provide and he's going to give you opportunities and he's going to speak through his word and people. And sometimes it just doesn't happen when you want it to happen. So not the truth. Reach. Okay. Last question of every episode. And you're both going to look at me blankly because you're not going to have thought of an answer. What are you so happy someone did tell you about? What are you super into right now other than biscuit? Well, I love biscuit. All of my family wears Chuck Taylors. We all wear lots and lots of Chucks. 
you need a Mr. Clean magic eraser. Ooh, and you that's good. and you can clean them off really well, I, really well. And I use the them things on that the now. magic erasers can do. I clean my walls with them yep. from like what kids is the junk deal on them? it. Because I remember I they're magic. They, I think they either came out in when I was in elementary school or middle school. We use them in one of my art classes, and like we were cleaning the tables. And I remember my teacher freaking out about them because they were working so yep. well. I clean the bathtub with them. I clean. They're so great. Do you really? Yep. I is clean. it sanitizing? Yeah, they have Clorox ones now. I'm telling you, they the do games. everything. I clean the kids' shoes. I do. I clean all the kids' shoes with them. <gasps> I know what my answer is. I'm so sorry. I'm ready. I just I'm ready. Can't. We're ready. I ordered We're very it. Excited. I ordered it today, like an hour ago. Okay, so I saw yesterday on the Facebook. So oh my Callie's gosh. Jealous. Um, jealous. There is this. Okay, when you go to the beach, you have like your own little like chair lawn chair. Do you know I what, know what you're going to talk about? What is it? I want to borrow yours. Okay, great. So it is a chair that you buy for the beach. Um, that like lays down. It's not like a chair that you sit in. Like you can lay down on it. But you know, when you're like reading a book at the beach and it's time to tan your back, it's like, I got to put my book down. It has, um, holes on the sides of the chair. So your arms can go through. And then there's a face hole. So I can lay on my stomach and read my book on the beach. I cannot believe you You want to see a picture of it? It was a preparation for spring break, wasn't it? It was. I ordered it today. It was 30 bucks and I think it was worth it. Um, why don't you just sit up on your elbows while you read? Why don't we cut a hole? Because that hurts my back. I also have back problems. I have sciatic nerve issues. So if anyone knows how to fix it, please let me know. It's only $30 and it like reclines. It's really nice. It packs up. Because I need love one. laying so out. So I can and lay. Reading. I can lay on my stomach. Because my are you, you know you get cancer. Why are you laying out? Come on. Oh, I will have sunscreen. I don't remember. That's one of the fourteen days that I wear sunscreen. Okay. Is when I'm Just on the kidding. beach. Just kidding. But I'm, I'm happy it's, for you. I'm very very excited about that chair. It's called the Ostrich Ladies Comfort Lounge. You can find it on Amazon. Um, we'll link to it, it in it show is, notes. Yes, it is a prime item. We're all going to be rolling into I got the neon green fitness pool with these chairs. Yes, and I got the neon green chair. Your chair cleaned. I will bring my Mr. Clean Magic Erasers. And chicken broth. Chicken broth. Sip some broth on the beach. All I need is a good book and some broth on the beach. (laughs) (laughs) Two things. The three B's. Beach, broth, and book. I think that's how I live my summer life. It's a new book that we're writing. (laughs) Make sure to check it out. A lot of details later. Hey. I love you guys. Thank you. I love you. Thank you for being here. This was a good time. This This was a great time. Thanks for letting me eat your crackers. I love ending every episode telling you how thankful I am for you, that you would take your time to listen to what we're trying to do here. So if you loved it, or even if you have feedback, I want to hear about it. You can either hop on over to iTunes and leave us a review, or you can just DM me on social media. Usually I'm on Instagram the most. It's at C.E. Holla. And again, I love hearing from you guys. So make sure you either write a review or send me a DM, which always seems a little bit desperate asking for it. But here I am asking anyways. Thanks again for tuning in.